If Mario and Luigi were to do a podcast, it might sound something like this. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infendo Radio. This is the first episode of 2020. I am joined with all of my favorite co-hosts. How are you doing tonight, Lucas? I'm doing good. It's the first episode of the rest of your life, so... Sit back, relax, and listen to what we have to tell you. Okay, all right. That's what I like to hear. Some proverbs from um, Prophet Lucas. Um, Prophet Justin, what do you have to share? Uh, I and my mustache are ready to take on the new year. I was going to say new decade, but as Eugene already pointed out, the new decade doesn't begin until 2021. So I guess I'm ready to finish off this one. (laughs) Fair. Um, uh, Mr. Peacock, are you and your facial hair ready for the new year? I do have a lot of facial hair going into this new year. I realized something, by the way. It's a shame we're not recording on February 2nd, because 0202-2020 is a palindrome. Oh, God. February 2nd is not only Bill Murray's favorite holiday, Groundhog's Day, but it also might one of my best friend's birthday. Really? Aww, shout well, out to one of your best friends. Let your best shout friend out to know. Justin. Not this Justin though. Let your best friend know that his birthday this year is a palindrome, and he should be proud. That's <laughs> like that's like my best friend Steve McGraw. Man, we're up every night playing games together. I love Steve. Not this Steve. A different Steve. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Steve, um, it is a new year for the world, but it's also a new year for Infendo. We're going to have a few changes coming our way, so I'm going to let Steve take it away from here. Alright guys, so because I have nothing better to do on New Year's Day because it was a rather slow day at work, I decided that I would take the liberty and basically revamp our entire Patreon. Not because I really wanted to do it today, that was a lie, but more because I wanted to make it simple for all of you guys. So, in an effort to make it as easy as humanly possible for you guys, we have three tiers. Count them. One, two, three. Um, One, two, three. Good job, Eugene. You got this. Um, Our first tier is the dollar tier. That's our shout-out featuring Mr. Dream. That tier has not changed. You're still going to get a a shout-out at the end of the last episode of every month. So... Um, Our second tier is Swanky's Bonus Bonanza. This one has changed a little bit. It is now our $5 tier. And basically what you get in that $5 tier now is every month we're going to play a game at the uh, end of the month. And you get to put in a suggestion for what you want us to... Basically, it's... It's kind of like when we used to do Nintendo suggestions, and you would get to suggest for that. Same type of thing. Yeah. Um, You know, except for this time, we're going to give you guys a whole month to get your suggestions in, and we will let you know at the beginning of the month what the game is going to be. Um, The other thing that you get for the $5 tier now, which was kind of nice, is that's where you're going to get the early edition of the podcast, which is the uncensored version. So if you don't want to hear all the Pikas that come every time I talk, then this is the tier for you because that's where you're going to get that private feed. Um, We also, if we ever have some extra time, we may also put some bonus episodes on there if we decide to do them. And our third and final tier is the Infendo Radio Producer tier. Um, It used to be $20. It's now only $10 to be a producer. Um, 
you still get access to the Zoom call, which we act, it looks like we have two of our producers on tonight. I'm not sure which ones. I would have to look. Um, you are going to get a weekly shout-out at the top of every show. Um, you are going to get a special Infendo Radio producer role in the, disc in the Discord, and that's actually where we're going to move the Zoom link to. So when you're looking for your Zoom link starting on next week's show on Wednesday night, um, there's going to be a brand new channel that only you guys and the Infendo crew can see. Um, you can also use this as a job reference or, you know, a resume line or something like that. And just barely announced tonight, I don't think anybody in our Discord knows this except for the man himself, but we are also adding, if you want to do pledge the producer tier at the $20 level rather than the $10 level, um, you will be an executive producer. So you get a slightly better title than everybody else because you're willing to put in a little bit more. Um, with that being said, I do real quick want to go through. We have a brand new list of producers for you guys this year, starting today, because the tiers went live today. Um, we have EP Knothead, Minus 64, Phantom, Sky Pharaoh, Slacker Monkey, and the Bryanosaurus. They are all producers of Infendo Radio. We also have one Andrew Searson, executive producer of Infendo Radio. So thank you guys for continuing to support us um, yeah. on our Patreon. We're thrilled to have you here still. Um, and I don't think we've quite dove into like the the, the format that we're going to be doing show to show yet. So if it's cool with you guys, I'll just kind of break that down yeah, real definitely. quick yep. in simple English. So um, to kind of go with what Steve said about um, specifically Tier 5 and how you guys are going to be able to vote on like what we play and how we play it on the last show of the month. Um, the reason for that is because we're kind of moving things around a bit. We're going back to a shorter show, a more news-focused show, kind of like what we did back in the beginning when we first started doing the live stream. Um, so every week we're going to be doing Change the System at the beginning of the hour, and that's going to be um, what it's been for the last couple of months, where we basically just either talk about news that interests us, games we've been playing, or anything in between. Um, then we're going to take a little break, play a one-round game of something, just kind of something quick-fire to kind of wet your whistle. And then we're going to wrap up with the question block, which um, we've now opened up to everyone in our Discord. So if you're part of the Infendo Radio Discord, throw your questions in the question block, and uh, we'll start reading them out loud and answering them on the show. There's no Patreon limit for that anymore. And there, there will be a channel that will go live after the show tonight, because mm -hmm. I completely forgot about it, to be honest. It's all good. Um, on the, we're kind of still getting everything together for, you know, Infendo in 2020. So, um, on the last show of every month, we're going to play a big old game. And that could be anything from Nintendoons to 20 questions to something else. But that entire hour-long segment of the show is going to be dedicated to the game. So instead of playing a game every week and that eating up a lot of our time and us doing like a three-hour show every week, we're just going to move the game to the end of the month and really put all our energy into it then. So we think it'll be a fun time. We think it'll be a good way to kind of get some... Uh, new life back into the channel and kind of do something fun with you guys so so and you Eugene, guys are as excited for it as we are eugene do you want to tell them what we'll be hosting this month the i'm sorry the, the game that we're hosting <laughs> yes at the end of the month do you remember what it was? i think that we did we just decided that today right is that the game that uh -huh. i had proposed yep. Okay, we're gonna do Nintendo Tunes. I, I just didn't want to say the wrong thing. I know. I just didn't want to say the wrong thing. Eugene, do you know the circumference of a square whose meters are fifteen by fourteen? 
Uh, that scared me a little bit, but I, I like putting least, people on the spot. I, I don't I do. like when the teacher calls on me. I'm going to sit in the back of the class. Don't you remember um, that one episode last year that I hosted? It was terrible. Well, with <laughs> all of that said, guys, we are already 15 minutes into what is supposed to be now an hour-long show, so we should probably get going with the show proper. But we're still going to give them an hour show tonight. This was just kind of a little intro to the new us. Mm-hmm. Um, before we take a little break and into Change the System segment, um, again, thank you to Steve and Lucas for putting that in plain English for us. Um, also, thank you, Brianna for updating your Patreon here tonight. So we appreciate that. Thanks again. Um, we're going to take a little break and we will be right back. Infendo Radio records live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can join us and watch those live recordings over at twitch.tv slash infendoradio. We are back. It is time for Change the System. And it's going to be some news at first and some Lucas at the end. And I'm excited for the Lucas at the end. I gotta, I can't lie about that. Oh, everyone's excited for the Lucas at the end. <laughs> I'm going to start, though. Um, I only have a little bit of news here. And it's actually kind of exciting for me. I hope that this game comes to the Switch. But um, Yuji Hori confirmed that Dragon Quest XII has been in development for a year now. Um, I haven't yet gotten the chance to play Dragon Quest XI. It's out and ready for me to play. I am a huge fan of the Dragon Quest series, so I think that this is going to just kick me right in the butt to play some Dragon Quest. Do you guys like Dragon Quest at all? I'm a fan. I actually just um, booted up. Okay, so, so I'm very picky. And even though Dragon Quest Three is available on the Switch, it looks like a Flash game, and I'm not Basic, about that life. Basically, it's a port of the mobile yeah, version. From exactly. Right. And I'm not about that. So um, I booted up my emulator on my phone. I use my old boy, by the way, and it is a solid Game Boy emulator. Um, and I've been playing Dragon Quest Three, which is my favorite Dragon Quest game. But nice. um, in my opinion, there is no better version of that game than the Game Boy Color version. So if you're going to play Three... Pick up the Game Boy Color version. It's really good. So Noted. Yes. Awesome. But yeah, I'm I like gonna, me some Dragon Quest. I've considered to, uh, getting uh, oh, the okay. the one on the Switch of Dragon Quest 1 because it's on sale, but, you know, that's a lot of hours that I probably am not ready to commit to. Doesn't the, <laughs> does the art style bother you, too? It's so... You know, it ugh. wouldn't... It wouldn't bother me so much except the pixel size is... The pixel size is inconsistent. Mm, yeah. Like, like you know, if you look at the screenshots... Yeah, like, the characters are different... Um, I don't want to, not resolution, but they're like a different yes, pixel density no, I as the know, rest of the, it just looks I so weird. I know what you're talking, it just, it's, it doesn't, like, I'm usually not one to criticize, like, graphics over gameplay, but, like, in this case, yeah, it's <laughs> When your graphics bad. are crap. Like, I mean, yeah, it like, might, no, like, It I'll, might play spectacularly well, I don't know, but it definitely looks a little awkward. Yeah, I just wish we had gotten, like, a console port, but... You know, what you gonna do? Well, I mean, luckily, I do have my NES Classic, which came with Dragon Warrior, so I can't always play it that way, but that's not portable, so. <laughs> I, if I, I play am kind of with Lucas. I've been, um, if, if I'm wanting to play an old game lately, it's usually in an emulator, and it's so easy to emulate on your phone these days. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, that's really all my news. I'm. I've, um, my favorite game in the Dragon Quest series has been 9. That was a DS game. And ever since then, I've been wanting a game that's kind of hooked me kind of like that one. So 
Is nine? No, it's not nine. I don't think. Or maybe it's ten. Saying... That's a DS nine... game. No, well, no I think nine... both of them are. Nine yeah, is no, it... Sentinels of the Starry Sky. That's a DS game. Which I think is the one. I I can't remember. I have that's... the one where you're going to all the islands and you go back in time and he plays the little kid with the green hat and yeah. Uh, the Sentinel, the Sentinels one is the one that I'm talking about, Steve. That's okay. the one that basically introduced Street Pass. Yes, and, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before Street Pass was a thing. But uh, yeah, if you are into really, really long RPGs, which you don't have time for, at least I don't anymore, and I don't know why I'm <laughs> playing this, um, Dragon Quest could be the game for you. So, uh, anybody yeah, mind if I next? go next? Or yeah, do you want to go next, Justin? Go ahead. It's up to you. Okay, so... Nintendo's okay. So, well, I guess we need to start with the news, um, guys. <laughs> there are some raids going on in Pokemon, in Pokemon Sword and Sword. Shield. And Shield. It's not just Sword, Luke. Nobody plays. Too. Nobody plays Pokemon Shield, oh, Stephen. Tell we, the people what they want to know. Are we gonna go there? We're gonna go there. No one plays Shield. Let me hey, show I'm just, you, my friend. I'm just saying, statistically, <laughs> in the game itself, they say it's something like thirty percent of the people. So, your, like, you your know. statistics, anyway. Um, yeah, we have Magikarp raids for New Year's, guys. I think they go in cool. either the third or the fourth. The and fourth. basically, Magikarps are more, a lot more common. And there is a very high probability that you're going to get a shiny Magikarp. Mm-hmm. Lucas, how, how long did we play last night? Like two we hours? We played for about two hours. Steven, and how many we, Magikarp did we get during that time that were shiny? Was it three or four? It was what? four, boy. Four Magikarps. A piece? And... A piece, yeah. And Wait, Eugene, we got okay, a go hidden ahead. ability magic card. It wasn't yep. that so, one wasn't shiny, but we did get a hidden ability magic card. So is it the same that like in the um, raids where like if you get the same hidden ability, I'll get the same one from the Pokemon? Yep. But is it the yes, same sir. like if it's a shiny, you'll get the it shiny is. too? Yep. Yeah. And guess what, Eugene? If you have a buddy, like a good friend of mine named Lucas that has a Pokemon that knows Trace, you're gonna know pretty freaking quick if that magic card has its hidden ability. And we don't know whether or not my shiny charm is contributing to our odds, but can't be hurting, right? So. Yeah, so we will be raiding after the show. So if anyone would like to join us, hit us up in Discord after the show. Um, that being said, unless anyone wants to piggyback off that, I've got a couple more games that I want to talk about. Do your thing. Okay. Um, so Nintendo's last show, the, the last formal show that we had, got me really pumped up for a few games. Um, so I got through, I, I completed a game I hadn't been able to beat yet, and I started playing another game that a lot of our listeners have been wanting me to review, so I'm going to do both of those real quick. Um, remember how last show I said I wasn't able to get to Ganon in, uh, Cadence of Hyrule? Yeah. I got to Ganon within about 30 oh. minutes of me starting to play that, I beat Ganon, and... I unlocked and completed the Octavia storyline. So I am completely done with Cadence of Hyrule as far as the main story goes. Steve, you <laughs> had me playing Cadence of Hyrule the other day. No way. I did. Yeah, I made it to the Octavio fight. I beat the four crystals, but I couldn't totally finish them off. And I was like, I'm done. Nice. <laughs> Not, oh, I that forgot game is that. Fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, Eugene. So I got stuck um, trying to find the very last heart piece on the Zelda side of the storyline, not the Octavia one, but the Zelda side. And I scoured the map three times. I went through each square, went through each cavern, did everything I could. You know where I found that last heart piece? 
It was in the swamp dungeon in the shop. I never bought it from there because I was clearly out of money. So, but yeah, so I have all the heart containers. I have all the weapons. I have everything you can get in the, in the I, main Dear God, this is going to be the next Hyrule Warriors for you, isn't it? I no, because I'm done. done. I'm done. I'm done. I think I've done like with 10 the story. hours into it. Well, yeah, but there's nothing else to do. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's there's... not like um, the other one. What's the other one called? No, I can't even remember. Not what Hyrule Warriors? Crypt. Is that what you're no, talking Crypt about? No, Crypt of the oh. Necrodancer. It's not like Crypt, where it's where it's almost like an endless game. You know, there's like an end to. Yeah, it's a game. very short game, but yeah, I mean, man, can, did I have fun! You can randomly generate, and it does change bits. But at the end of the day, like you know, the dungeons still yeah. gonna be basically the same thing. Maps still yeah. gonna be basically the same thing. Do you guys remember playing Four Swords, the original Four Swords on mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance? It's well, very yeah, much no. like that, where it's chunks of the game that are put together. It just rearranges where those chunks are. I just remember playing Four Swords on the um, DS because I didn't have any friends. But so, yes. Well, exactly. Same game. Yeah, it just rearranges <laughs> little chunks, but they're effectively in... They're just in different orders, but they're the same chunks of the game. So it's like, well, which corner is the desert going to be in this time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game that Nintendo's got me into... And I don't think I've told any of you guys this except Lucas, because we were kind of doing something together on this one. Good, we're still best friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Which also got me playing another game. Right, which... <laughs> yeah, so I bought that, I haven't even booted it up yet, though. <laughs> so, I want to say it's Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze 1.5. That would not be true. Um... It's a I've really heard it good. Plays the, I heard it go, plays more like the original Donkey Kong Countries than the new ones. That would also not be true. Um, it's yeah. way too dynamic with the backgrounds. Um, it reminds me very much of a return style game more than a regular Donkey Kong Country style game. Um, let me tell you something though. I really like the game when you're doing the 2D platforming sections. The map. That thing. map. Sorry for this, Eugene. First swear of the year. That map pisses me right the hell off. See, and I've heard mixed opinions on that because I've heard a lot of people who love it because it it gives you, like, that open world exploration and puzzles to solve and stuff like that in addition to just standard 2D platforming. Well, and I can agree with that, Justin. The problem that I personally have with it is those puzzles are so obtuse that... It's, it just gets to the point where it's not fun. Like, mm. there was a puzzle I was trying to solve while my wife was watching me on Sunday while I was just sitting there playing it on TV. And for 45 minutes, we together tried to brainstorm this puzzle. And it's, it's basically saying that bombable wall on the left, there's an alcove just uh, south... What did it say? It said southeast of here. But mm-hmm. the sign, you, when it says southeast of here, you think southeast of the signpost that's giving you the hint, right? Well, no, it's southeast of the bombable wall. It's also not an alcove. It's a little spot at the edge of the um, walkway oh that you ground pound. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that pisses me mm. off about the overworld. It, Like I say, though, Justin, I do have to give it credit. It does give you the exploration. It gives you the satisfaction of solving puzzles outside sure. of the levels. But the puzzles are obtuse, they're not well put together, and they kind of ruined the game for me. I don't think I'll be finishing this game. Dang, strong words. Yeah, I haven't. Maybe maybe I'll go back to it in three years and actually enjoy it, but I don't know. (laughs) Kind of like Tropical Freeze? (laughs) Exactly, but we'll see. Yeah. 
I mean, I haven't played it yet. I bought it because it was on sale, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And I'm really, with it being yeah. Donkey Kong Country's 25th anniversary, I was really hankering for some more, you know, well, of that style gameplay. And, but and that being said, Justin, the two the 2D levels are phenomenal. They are exactly what you would hope for from a Donkey Kong Country style game. The music is really good. I don't personally feel like it's as memorable as a Donkey Kong game. But I again, I used to hate the Tropical Freeze soundtrack, so that may change in a year. Um, but if you can get through it and just get to the 2D levels and just play those and maybe not the variations that you unlock later, I think you're still going to be happy with your purchase. It seems to be that Platonic is like... They seem to get like A, B, and C right but X, Y, and Z wrong. Like both right. both of their games have sure. had this, oh, it brings back all of my favorite memories from these games and these types of games, except this thing. And yeah. like, I hope this is a trend that they get past, but at the same time, they're still making good games. So, yeah. you know, and good and, nostalgia games. Right. And like I say, don't get me wrong. I'm not necessarily knocking the game. It's probably a three out of five for me. But, you know, it's just not one that I'm interested in right now. There's other games that I want to finish, and maybe I'll come back to this one later on. Sure. So, um, I think that was everything I have. Oh, I have been getting back into Minecraft. Um, but I don't really have much to say on that right now, other <laughs> than I've brought bees to the realm. So if anyone on the realm in the realm wants bees hit me up i can hook you up I've bees got goods. bees you know, i'm like as baffled as you like, are eugene there are bees now <laughs> yeah. buzz buzz Floaty the fly. world is full of bees now okay <laughs> so we've got bees we've got honeycombs we've got honey i will be setting up an automatic honey farm at my uh, new ascalon base so give me a few weeks and i should have that done fair enough well, I'm going to jump right on here and talk about the games that I've been playing. Because my list is a little short, so I have a feeling that it's going to go a little bit quicker than the rest of y'all's. But um, I have been playing a heck of a lot of Pokemon. I So, I guess you could beat the game a lot of different times, right? You can, like, beat the game. You can see credits. And then there's, like, you can beat the game by, like... Well, I, don't, I guess I shouldn't spoil, like, what you do post-game. But, um, you know, you can do all that stuff. And I've, I, I think I've done all that stuff, and now I'm just basically, um, like, catching shinies and stuff. And um, I, I don't want to say that the game has lost some luster for me, but I just wish there was more to do, you know? Like, I, I haven't caught all 400-whatever Pokemon, so I guess I still have that to do. But um, I don't know. I wish that, the, that... That's the only thing about this game that I can think negative, that I wish that it had the po same post-game that, like, a... Not Sun and Moon. What, I guess my favorite post-game might have been, like, even black and white or X and I don't Y, think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's been much of a post-game in Pokemon yeah. games in, like, the last 10 or 15 years, and I kind of think that's the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's I, always the, been my thing. I have when to was agree. the last good one? Was I it, like, have black, to and white, a, black and white, black and white 2? Um, I have to finish I a Pokemon game before I can even begin to talk about the post-game, so... <laughs> I don't even think black and white had great post-game, to be honest. It had the Battle Subway, which was the That's thing, what it was, the Subway. In my, in my humble opinion, the last Pokemon game with really good post-game was um, Platinum, which basically had a battle facility, where you could do a bunch mm, of different, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're right. Platinum styles did have that. I thought the last one was an Emerald. Yeah, now Emerald had the first one, the Battle Frontier, and then Platinum followed up with the Battle Facility. What did Diamond and Pearl have before Platinum? Diamond and Pearl didn't have any of that. They just oh. had a game. But then Platinum was the add-on that, you know, brought that kind of stuff and, you know. 
Yeah, it's really only been the add-on games that have had solid post-game, in my opinion. But um, Also, Johto, the, the um, Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver games, they had some decent stuff to do. You'd go... The day of the week determined what gym leaders you could talk to, and you could challenge right, them in matches. Right, that's right. Um, there was the the you know the weekly bug catching tournament to do, where you could get mm, items. I they had the that. Pokemon, they had the Pokemon Olympics, which was really fun, which was like touchscreen games where you could like you know mm-hmm. run faster than the other Pokemon, jump faster, fly, that's stuff right. like that. Right, so. dang, there there really hasn't been a good like. There really hasn't been a good one for ages, right? Like, I'm even the yeah. Pokemon Let's Go um, post game is yeah. weak. But you Eugene, know, like... it's fine. We can get a surfing Pikachu now. It's just fine. <laughs> now, all that all that said, I am a strong proponent of if you love a game enough, you can you know make it make last, fun. Yeah, which sure. is why which is why I'm 240 hours in right now and still <laughs> you know hunting down Magikarp. But don't get me wrong, I'm still loving my time with it because every time you go nice. into the wild area is yeah. just it, it's it's a different experience, right? Like I I feel like you because yeah. because right now I'm basically to the point where I'm hunting kind of specific Pokemon, you know. So I'm booted up my guides. I'm like, okay, they're gonna appear in this area and during this weather, and you know you have to kind of like you know play guides. the game based on yeah. I, I Eugene's have a, not I have... a real gamer. <laughs> I have a feeling that it's going to follow a pattern kind of like this Magikarp thing of, okay, I've done everything I need to do in this game, and then, you know, Venusaur is going to come out. Okay, well, now i got to log in and get mm-hmm. Venusaur, and I'll play mm-hmm. for another 10 hours. Oh, Mewtwo just got announced, and then I'm going to be doing the Mewtwo, you know, stuff like that. It, you scared it me. A... I thought Mewtwo had actually been announced. <laughs> Steve, I was like, what? Steve was, Did you Steve hear me perk going... up? See, right. yeah, I figured. Steve was going through the list, and there's about 40 Pokemon that have been data mined that yeah, are in the game yet that are... They're going to be announced later it's on. It's a good way oh, to keep people playing, right? Yeah, it's going to be kind of like that Splatoon effect. You know, like now right. nobody boots up Splatoon anymore. Or Pokemon Go, hearts, for that matter. Yeah. I miss right. Splatoon. I want to play Splatoon again, but it, it comes down to playing it without the, you know, Splatfest and stuff. Just playing Did you it for all the see sake the rumors of, of Splatoon 3 over the holiday weekend? Hey, not yet. Hey, you know um, it's coming. Um, you know, we got a short show if anybody wants to jump into some <laughs> games afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of games, um, since I was, I mean, I, I I love this Pokemon. I can't say it enough. I think this is probably the best Pokemon game that I've played, maybe since Gold and Silver. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I feel it, the same. It, 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 it's that good. You know, um, I can't emphasize that enough. But since I kind of cooled on Pokemon, um, I have been playing some other games. I I got a lot of games on sale on um, Black Friday that I just never even booted up. One of those games was Rogue Legacy. Which I love. I almost bought I, that. I, I love it. It's a great game. Um, I've played it before. I have it on PC. Actually, I have it on multiple consoles. I have it on Vita. It. Yeah, I have it on PC. I have it on um, the Xbox network of games, and now I have it on Switch. So um, yeah, it's really good. Um, I haven't beaten it yet on Switch. In fact, I've never beaten it on any um, platform. So I'm excited to beat it for the first time on Switch, and I'm loving it a lot. It. it feels like the perfect home on the switch effect yeah seriously um so yeah that's rogue legacy um super great game can't um recommend it enough um another game that i got on sale during that time period was well two games bastion and transistor um both made by the same company and i haven't played transistor yet because previously it was i think playstation and xbox only and now it's on Switch. In so, fact, uh, it was it was first to PlayStation Four yep. as a PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus title on launch day. I think it was one of the first to do that. That's I, where I, I played it. 
I didn't want to say this because I'm not sure if I'm right about it, but I'm pretty sure it was exclusive to PlayStation for a time. Yeah, and then it, it you know started migrating to other platforms. But mm-hmm. in any case, it's it's fun. It's not quite on the same caliber, in my opinion, as Bastion is, but it's still a really good game. Um, but yeah, that's Transistor, that's Rogue Legacy, that's Pokemon, that's my change to the system. Um, who's changing the system next? I think I'm the only one left. Um, so, uh, like probably most of you, I've been buying a lot of games and not playing a lot of them. Because um, with all the sales going on. But um, I have gotten into... <laughs> Of all things, I've gotten into a game that I was addicted to probably, oh, ten years ago. And I've started playing it every night before I go to bed. Um, I'm addicted to Puzzle Quest again. Um, And it's great on the Switch because it's as portable as it was on the DS. You can play it with touch controls or with, you know, button controls. Um, But it's all HD-ified, so... Um, yeah, so I'm loving that. I'm playing as an archer this time. Um, so, and I'm trying to make different decisions than I did the first and second time I played. Um, just to, you know, mix things up a little bit. But it's still, it's still a great, great game. Like, like for 15 bucks, you can't go wrong with Puzzle Quest. It's basically for, for those of you who haven't played a Puzzle Quest game, and there are lots of them now, it's basically bejeweled. But it's in the form of a turn-based uh, role-playing game. So you'll encounter an enemy on the map screen, or you will you know, like follow the storyline until you get into a battle. And the battle system is a match-three puzzle game, where each color is a mana reserve, you know, like earth, water, you know, stuff like that. And then you can do spells in place of moving jewels. And, um, of course, there's skulls. Those are direct attacks. And it, it's just it's just simple, fun. It's great pooping game. Great, you know, laying in bed, waiting to fall asleep game. Uh, and I'm addicted to that again. So, you know, yay me. Sorry for um, the confused looks at first. I got that mixed up with Puzzle and Dragons. That was actually uh, what I was thinking of too. So, no, thank very you different. For clarifying. Yeah, very different from puzzle, puzzle and dragons, but um, but yeah, I mean it's still the same sort of thing where you're using a puzzle game as a battle system. Okay. And what's great about really it, like you still get there. experience points even if you lose. So you know, if you lose against an enemy enough times, you'll eventually be able to beat it, which is nice. Okay. And because it's still just a match three puzzle game. Like losing isn't even that big of a deal because you know your every game is going to be slightly different because the gems mm-hmm. get randomized after the initial drop and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a good fun game I highly recommend it it was on sale when I bought it but honestly for fifteen dollars it's worth it even for that the only reason I bought it on sale was because I already bought it on the DS and then bought it again on the DSiWare on my 3DS, and now this I'm buying it again on the Switch. So and it's a good pooping game. It'll go with that smart toilet seat. I forgot I, that DSiWare games work on the 3DS. Only certain ones, but yeah, like the, uh, the Shantae game, um, a Shell few of the puzzle Knight, games, Minecraft. Escape, the remake of all of the Steve games. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, besides that, um, another game I bought on sale is Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is the Assassin's Creed I was hoping I would come to the Switch. Almost bought that. But it just, it just wasn't cheap enough, you know? Like Yeah, I, I think I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. Um, I really seriously debated it because... I'm slightly disappointed in Assassin's Creed 3, but as I've been reading reviews of both the original game and the Switch port, everybody's saying this is the Assassin's Creed it's game to get. It's far so. superior to 3. Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed tends to follow the trend of suck, not suck, suck, not suck. <laughs> so Star Trek two movies. And four, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where 2 and 4 are really solid, and 1 and 3 are like, meh, certain type of person who would like this you know of course you know i'm one of the people who likes a lot of the odd numbered star trek movies but you know that's neither here nor there um so yeah um i just started that um haven't really gotten into it it's still pretty linear at this point so um but um let's see and uh Another game that I've never played before and everybody talks about, and I finally decided I have easy access to this game. I'm going to finally play it. I've been playing Star Tropics on the NES oh, Switch Online. Not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> what, what did you think I was going to say? The Witcher. Oh, no. I did start playing that on <laughs> on the Xbox One because it is uh, in Game Pass. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten it on the Switch. I'm still debating whether I'm going to commit time to playing it because I'm still, anybody who's looked at my gamer tag will see I'm still playing a lot of Far Cry 5, uh, which if I have time, I'll express some opinions on that. But, um, yeah, uh, what was it? Star Tropics. Odd little game there. Um, <laughs> clearly... Um, it, it's funny. Um, g go to Gaming Historian's uh, YouTube channel and watch his documentary on it because, like, this is clearly a game made by Japanese people trying to appeal to Americans because there's just so much out-of-place stuff in it. Um, but, I mean, it's a fun little game. Uh, the controls aren't nearly as bad as I thought they were going to be. And with the rewind feature, it's really easy to, you know, fix your mistakes because there are a lot of instant death moments. You know, your character can't swim, so if you jump in the wrong place or a platform disappears, you die and go back to the beginning of a dungeon. And, like, screw that, I'm just hitting rewind. That, that game was also always brutally hard, too. Like, it's... Un pretty unforgiving yeah um and this you know one of the, and that's one of the things i'm loving about you know the mm -hmm. nes classic super nes classic you know all the classic edition and the all-in-one systems the switch nes online super nes online um the castlevania collection contra collection like it's giving people an opportunity to play through these games with the benefit of a rewind feature or a save state feature and i know Mike Matei or whoever from Cinemassacres, you know, shames people who use those features. But um, let me just give a big Pika. to him. Go ahead and Pika that out, Eugene. Because um, if you're enjoying a game and it is not affecting someone else's enjoyment of the game, then play the game however you Pika. want. Um, if you want to cheat cheat if you want to 
you know, skip the cutscenes, skip the cutscenes. If you want to only watch the cutscenes, go to YouTube and only watch the However you want to enjoy the game, enjoy it. And I enjoy playing these Nintendo hard games with the modern conveniences of, oops, I screwed up, let me rewind that and try it again. Well said. <laughs> I went on a rant about that, actually. Um, anyway. And the only other thing I wanted to say, because like I said, I've spent a lot of time playing Far Cry 5 lately. Um, the deeper I get into that game, the m- more... Dis- like It's still fun. It's still addictive. It's still a great game. I still plan on playing lots of it. But compared to Far Cry 2, which is my only other Far Cry experience, um, I'm definitely seeing the a lot of the more of the same-isms. Uh, with like Ubisoft games and and stuff like that, uh, one of the things I loved about Far Cry Two was just how non-gamey it was. Like to pull up your map, you actually pull up your map in the middle of you know doing whatever you're doing. So you're if you're you can't set a waypoint and have something appear on the screen saying go this way. You set a waypoint. And then you get in the car and drive, and you either are trying to drive while holding the map in one hand and trying to look over it and all that, or you have to look for the signs. The signs will be a different color to lead you to your destination. But, you know, like Far Cry 5 is such a game game where you set a waypoint, and it'll tell you how to get there. And if you turn, you can look a lot like Breath of the Wild. You can just look at, you know, where you're going and make a beeline for it if you want to instead of just getting lost. That turned that's turned me a lot out a lot uh, turned me off a lot to Ubisoft games because they are all kind of samey, you know. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're playing Assassin's Creed or Far Cry, you're gonna go find a freaking tower to unlock the map, you know. Like that's just gonna be a thing. Right, um, and you know one one of the things I said months ago that I was playing the game and my partner died. Now in in Far Cry two. Um, you know, you meet people, you don't have a partner who travels with you, but if you're, if you have partners in your, you know, in, in your roster and you die, one of your partners will come up and revive you and stay by your side until you get yourself, you know, free. But if that partner dies in the process, they're gone. You can't get any missions from them. You can't get any help from them. They're dead permanently. And and that was like a really neat thing about that game is you really have to think through your decisions and every decision you make is permanent. In Far Cry 5, I had a partner and she had been with me for hours upon hours and had been very helpful. And she died in a gunfight and I was really sad. I'm like, oh, well, she's been with me all this time. Come to find out that after eight minutes, they revive. I'm like, well, that's, I mean, helpful from a gameplay perspective, but from a, you know from a franchise that used to be all about putting you into a realistic situation of being, you know, one man against an army, it really doesn't really doesn't work that well. But the game's still yeah. fun to play. I still love the open world aspect of it. Oh, and it gets Far Cry 5 gets heavy-handed on the cinemas, which I don't like. Um again, Far Cry 2 told all of its storyline in the actual gameplay. So to be playing Far Cry 5 and suddenly have to watch a five-minute-long fir- movie in first-person mode, I'm like, just let me shoot things, you know? It's like, and, you know, the characters are very stock characters. You're fighting against a uh, religious cult, so your characters are your kind of stock characters from that sort of situation. There's the, 
you know, the zealots, they're the violent ones who, you know, convert or die. There's the the sweet, innocent girl who just needed some guidance. And his, and then there's the leader who's... It's it's also trite and played out, but the game itself is fun, so I'm, it's, I'm enjoying it still. And to the point that I'll just... I'll say, I'll play a half hour of this, and three hours later, I'm still playing it. <laughs> sure. But, um, I mean, a couple of other random things I've been playing. I bought Frogger, the arcade archive, so I've been playing a little bit of that, and just kind of odd games here and there, but those are really the big ones that I've been playing in the past couple of weeks, so. Cool. Nice. Well, looks like we have well, one um, score bunny left to go, so uh, why don't we uh, let him have it? Let's chat it up. And I know Luigi's about to interrupt me here, so I'm prepared for that. But um, now I have two things to talk about. One kind of big, one very big. So brace, because we're going over this segment. Um, first of all, I have Ring Fit Adventure now. Um, and I think I'm the first Infendo co-host to own it. So I would like first to talk about that for only. a little bit. And kind of, you know, answer some questions if anybody has them. It is pretty cool, actually. It's... Um, normal Nintendo like Wii era silliness, very campy very stupid, very please do not take this game seriously but underneath that mask of, you know Wii Sports is um, is death waiting for you to remind you how incredibly unfit you are <laughs> um, wait, okay I need to hear more so, so, like, Ring Fit Adventure is an RPG that you play with your actual body. I like, want this you have, game. You, you <laughs> I've have, been hearing you so many people say how I it's helping it them get fit. You have the ring, you have a thing that you tie around your leg, and those are your two Joy-Con, and you're actually, like... There he is. Um, you're actually running in place, and your character is, like, on a rail... And you're moving through this world, and you're, like, shooting targets with the ring and stuff to, like, collect extra coins and level up. So you're already, like, running in place to, to get to your destination, which is very fun. Um, and then you get into RPG battles. And in order to do attacks, you choose from a selection of, like, quick workouts that you right. have to do, like, 25 reps of. So it's like, it might be like, oh, do 25 squats, or, oh, you know, uh, hold the thing up and squat and push 25 times to work like your deltoids, or here's like a yoga pose you have to hold for so long. And it, um, it is, for somebody who is out of shape like me, and I would assume most of the people who are, no offense, but most me, of the people who are me. listening to this show, um, because or we're participating gamers. participating in it. <laughs> And we choose to enjoy our pursuits in the digital world more than the physical, usually. And all um, of us it, have jobs that involve sitting in front of a computer for hours on end. It is exhausting. Like, I can get in about, like, 10 or 15 minutes of, like, two or three battles, and then I'm, I'm wiped. Like, I'm dripping with sweat. I'm just completely <clears throat> wiped for the day. And I have to turn it off and just, like, say, I'll come wow. back to you later. But, nice. like... There's a there's a benefit to that, which is I'm dripping with sweat and I'm completely wiped and like you know it you it, it's not it's not that like we fit experience that people got back in the day where they're like I'm playing tennis I'm exercising like no it, no, it is it, 
it is actual exercise, and you are going to burn some calories and gain some muscle if you keep doing it. So it's probably big... it's probably like how I feel when I play Beat Saber. I mean, Eugene will tell you when I was in New Mexico, I could yeah. barely stand after that. <laughs> yeah, no. So it is a it is a cool game. Um, you're gonna have to get through the cheesiness. You're gonna have to get through the stupidity of you know, like oh boy, here we go. This is like. You know, a Nintendo R&D at their finest. But <laughs> if you can get past that and just enjoy, like, the benefits of what you're getting for what it is, then it's a, it's a solid title. So I definitely recommend it to people. Um, I have one more thing that I want to talk about, but I'm going to wait two seconds for Eugene to plug back in with his headphones because I want him to hear this. There he is. Um, I was waiting for you because I don't want to say this without you. Um, the other big thing that happened to me over the Christmas break is I am now the owner of an Oculus Quest. You suck. Yeah. I'm you on realize the no mine is on back order. Wow. For Christmas? Oh, yep. that's amazing. Lucas, so, tell yeah. him about the game I want to hear about because you haven't my even parents, talked to me about it. My parents love me. Um, <laughs> I actually have three games that I've been playing on the Oculus Quest. Oh, you know what one I want to hear about. about. Get super um, hot. Beat Saber, which wow. is probably the one Steve wants to hear me talk about. Yeah. Um, um, I've also been playing that. Um, oh, what is it called? It's that Vader that Immortal. Well, I've been playing Vader Immortal. Sorry. I played through the first chapter of that. Very fun. Um, but then there's also this sports game that had a demo that I think was made by Oculus that I picked up. That's very Wii Sports, like in all the right ways. Sure. Um, it it oh Sports Scramble, that's what it's called, and it's a fun game too. So real quick, let me touch on that, and then we'll talk. You know, Beat Saber with Steve. Um, I still haven't <laughs> tried the ninety or three sixty degree, so I can't oh really tell you God. yet how it is. <laughs> but um, but no, dude, it's so much fun. Like. Um, I, I always said if I was going to get an Oculus, I wanted the handheld one, or yeah, the, the non-computer yeah. one. You know, I want one that's built in because I'm simple and I like simple things. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, and it's the right cheaper system. that way. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's, it's definitely the right system for me. And mm -hmm. I guess they just announced that there's going to be like either hand tracking or like full body tracking or yeah, something. Yeah, hand tra uh, finger tracking. Now? Yeah. So that's cool. Interesting. Um, Sports Scramble is a lot of fun. It's basically Wii Sports in VR. You can play uh, tennis, you can play bowling, and you can play... Um, oh, wait, you can get The bowling. one I never played, baseball. Yeah, bowling. Um, and they have two different modes. They have, like, regular <laughs> sports, and then they have one where, like, the, the ball will change and the racket will change and everything, and you're, like, hitting a fish with a golf club and stuff. <laughs> it's It feels very Nintendo. So when I'm playing it, it's like, this is what... Wii Sports was like 10 years ago. You know, back in 2019, Ugh. I was I was playing Wii Sports. It was like, this is the future of gaming. And now Shut I'm playing up. this Wii and I'm Sports like... Wii Sports was not 10 years ago. I'm like, this is the future <laughs> of gaming. God, it was more um, than that. But, um, no, the other game that I've been playing a lot of is Beat Saber. And um, I guess before I say anything else, I gotta say, the, all the games that I got for Christmas involve moving to some degree, and that was kind of intentional. Like, I, I asked for that. I wanted that kind of stuff. I did not know I was getting a VR system. My parents totally <coughs> surprised me with that, and I that's loved incredible. them and That's incredible. That's a cool, cool gift. Yeah, no, they're awesome. Um, but um, but no, I, I, I'm having fun playing games that involve getting up and moving a bit, because... Like, I've been trying to exercise more, I've been trying to lose weight, I've been trying to get outside and do more stuff, but it's difficult. You know, I don't really have, like, a gym buddy to go to the gym with or anything. Um, I can exercise on my own, but it's very boring, and I find myself losing that motivation just because it's like, 
oh, God, I don't want to sit around for an hour and lift weights and, you know. But, like, when I'm sitting around and playing VR and just swinging, you know, wildly at Beat Saber for an hour and a half, it's like by the end of it, everything hurts and I'm out of breath, but, like, oh, God, it was all, you know, good fun and I'm having a good time. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. It also feels really good when you're coming home from a, a really crappy day to just throw on mm-hmm. some Beat Saber just you know throwing some light sticks at some shit that's flying at you like nothing nothing better on a bad day you know i'm a star trek nerd so Mm -hmm. like i i compare it to me it's like um the equivalent of having your own like personal holodeck Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) it's like whereas like in the show when they would need to unwind they would go and they would just do like you know these virtual reality fantasy trips and everything it's like it's like that but in your own head you know Mm -hmm. um the, the the system i have i said it was the quest um, it has just about enough for like I would say maybe a three-hour session before you need to plug it in and charge a it. You can play it while it's tour. you can play it while it's charging, so there's really no limit to your time. But I find that after about three hours, if you're anything like me, your eyes are killing you uh, and you're ready to be too. done. Me too. I can't so. even. I can go for like an hour or yeah. two, and that's pretty much it. I, I've yeah. done four hours, and then I'm laying on the floor wishing I hadn't gone for four hours. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you get you get tired. Like physically, you're kind of tired because if you're playing a game like Beat Saber, you know that they're saying that that's like the equivalent of playing around to tennis. So mm-hmm. like, I get that. I believe you're kind that. Of, you're kind of done, especially at the higher difficulties. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's it's a great system. I'm having a blast with it. It's I, like all I want to do. Well, I'm, I'm super so jealous, jealous be- of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm even more jealous because Eugene already has VR. VR was uh, the Oculus Quest was going to be a Christmas present for my kids and me, but by the time I ordered it, Oculus was already deep in their shortage, and we're back ordered yeah. until like February. So. I just want to get the quest because, excuse me, they just announced um, recently functionality where you can connect it to a PC and basically turn it into a standard rift. Oh, see, that's good because um, one of the things that I've been wanting to do is figure out a way to share what I'm doing with my parents. Mm -hmm. Like, I can come over and bring the headset and be like, hey, watch me play sports, you know? Lucas, I got two words for you. Minecraft VR. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no, I want want to experience. I think you have to kind of, like go in a little bit and do some stuff and um, hook it up to, like, Steam somehow, like, you know, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. I want to try Skyrim VR. Mm. Like, I want to just be sitting Ooh. down at my desk. I and, can like, buy that on PlayStation. And, yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, that is that is one of the drawbacks with all of this, like, you know, new world of VR is every system's got some games it can play and a bunch of games it can't and stuff. And, of but course, I've already you, can't, seen... you can't save share with most games so mm-hmm. well minus was saying um in the chat that with the quest anyways you can like cast it to um a tv or a phone so okay. that that's one way you can share with what what you're playing i'll have to nice. look into that because i've been able to cast it to my phone but it hasn't shown me a way to cast to my tv so i'll have to do, do a little you have a chromecast I can figure out. yeah i think hmm. so interesting should work yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Chromecast I, is what we use when we're casting YouTube from our phone to our TV. So it should I be have an Apple TV and a bunch of Fire Sticks. Not compatible. Don't worry, Lucas. I'll, I'll IT you. We'll figure this out. <laughs> I appreciate I that, Steve. But yeah, so that was my thing. Um, the only human being on the planet other than my parents who knew I even got it was Steve, just because I was hanging out with him so much. And I was like, I got this. Then I was like, I should tell Eugene. And then I was like, I'm going to wait. It'll be more fun to tell him on the show. So yeah, so that's me. So at some point, I guess I have to like figure out how to see everybody else's Beat Saber high scores and stuff. So I can actually get involved with that. Talk to, also, talk to Phantom about that. He'll be able I'm to not, help you. 
I'm not yeah, nearly way, as good said, at Beat Saber yet as I just realized these guys, because so. Phantom reminded me, I said um, minus instead of Phantom just earlier. Phantom's the one that told you you can. Wow. Oh, he's going to kill you. Just he like the old days. Just like old times. Getting, That's literally what he said. He just wow. it's a throwback. Getting the OG3 mixed up. Those <laughs> were the days. Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, that um, that wraps up my thing. I realize we went way over, but I think we all well, have a little bit of Christmas for, unloading. First yeah. show of the year was going to be a little bit longer. There was no way around it. Right, so. All right, well, um, I have one round of bad game descriptions coming up after the break, so let's take a quick break, and we'll do a little lightning round. What do you say? Let's. For $1 a month, Steve's going to say your name, and he's going to like it. Join our Patreon, and you'll get a shout-out each and every month. And we're back. It is time for a little roundtable. We're going to talk about the, our favorite game or games, maybe, because I can't decide on just one of the I was going to say, why don't I... we each have, like, a favorite and then, <laughs> like, a runner-up or, or, you know, honorable mention or something. I might not have a runner-up or an honorable mention, but I do have a game. Okay. Well, then, why don't you start us off? Because it sounds like you have a definitive so, answer. It... Nice. Lucas. Guys, not to not to totally throw a, a wrench in this, but are we gonna do the, the game first and then we were gonna? Oh practice? yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I forgot that we were supposed to. <laughs> I was all proud. And we're back, and Lucas has a little game for us. So why don't you take it away, Lucas? I thank you, Eugene. I'd be honored. Um, so yeah, like I said, what we're going to be doing from now on with Infendo is we're going to be playing a lightning round of a game that we usually play, just one round. Um, and if we want, we can dole out a little prize. So what I'm thinking is whoever gets closest to the price of this game for bad game descriptions gets to go first with their game of the decade when we do that um, discussion like right after this. So. <coughs> Pardon me. Price is right. I can see you're excited about this, Justin. So <laughs> without we, further ado. Wait, wait, wait. Are we doing price is right rules where we can't go over or is it just absolute value? It is just absolute closest okay. to the pin. Um, and yeah, whoever wins gets to go first in our discussion. So that's the rule that Ooh. I have. I <clears throat> giving my price. Let's change Japan to Gunma. Everyone Gunma. Let's change all of Japan to Gunma. The definitive edition of the Gunma simulation game. Everyone can play. Story mode. You become Gunma and collect special products. If you get a special product, you can get G. Gunma. Next... Select the prefecture you want to change to Gunma. Then use G, Gunma, to draw the gacha. The people of the selected prefecture will change to Gunma for the population of the municipalities that come out in gacha. When everyone changes to Gunma, the prefecture changes to Gunma. What is party what mode? Are you, what are you saying? What Lucas, is, includes, you have a I don't, stroke? Either, I was includes, just about to say, either Lucas or I just, just had a stroke. Do you smell almonds? Party mode. Includes four party games based on Gunma and Japan. Up to four people can play together. Gentlemen, how like Gunma it. does this Gunma go for on the Gunma <laughs> shop? Um, I say we go oh from most tall to least tall. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm five five. What, where does that put me? Uh, that I guess that means. Wait, I guess that means I go first because I'm five eleven. Eugene, we're going by your height, not your sons. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't freaking know what the hell did you just read me. Um, 
The people of the selected prefecture will change were to Gunma you, for populations <laughs> that come out in Gotcha. Gunma, Gunma, Gotcha, Gunma. Um, I. Okay, I'm. Ten bucks. I don't know. Four ninety nine. Eugene, who is apparently shorter than five five, mm-hmm. what would you like? Uh, I have pictures to prove it. I, I don't know. I guess I'll go with seven dollars. Right Steve, there is right. no way you are five five. Well, I, I assure you, I'm five five. Yeah, I always thought five, Steve four. was like. I always thought Steve was like six two. Me too. Um, anyway. Um, congratulations. One of you clearly has Gunma flowing through you, and that would be Justin. <laughs> oh! Because this game retails for $9.99. So. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Excellent You just, you work, just won a lifetime supply of Gunma. Yeah, and the opportunity <laughs> I don't know to go what, first I don't know what to do in with our that. discussion. <laughs> but you forgot about Gotcha. <laughs> well, just don't you're... forget that the municipalities will become the principalities when the Gunma reach Gotcha. What does that even mean? <laughs> Um, Justin, as our Gunma winner, um, yeah, it looks like you're going to be leading our discussion for the game of the decade or games of the day. I still can't quite put a finger on what my game of the decade would be. But I already know, so it's just as well that I'm going first. I I actually answered this question in my friend Steve's private Discord channel where he does all of his live streaming. So I'm already I'm already good to go private with an invitation, Stephen. <laughs> okay, private with an invitation that went out to the public. Understood. All right. So Justin? are we are, are we are we just jumping right into it then? All right. I think yeah. So, well, yeah. Jump yeah. right in. Well, we we did have a question. This comes from Head first. Uh, this comes from minus sixty four. What is your game of the decade? And we're going to modify this slightly because none of us, it's, it's, it's been a big decade. Um, right. So I think we're all going to do uh, our, our game of the decade and our, and our runner-up of the decade. Um, I, I can do a runner-up. So, um, and I actually didn't have to think too hard about this. My game of the decade is Breath of the Wild. That is the first game I ever devoted more than, you know, a few few dozen hours to in fact between the two versions i probably put about three or four hundred hours into it and i still love it um and uh you know i mean we've talked at length ad nauseum about breath of the wild and all the goods and the bads of it but um yeah like i never thought for years i heard people say oh i've put you know 200 hours into this rpg and you know 500 hours into this game and I thought who the hell can do that and then I got Breath of the Wild and my first playthrough of it was like a hundred and I don't know 120 hours and then I spent another 80 some odd hours just finding secrets doing side quests Korok hunting and then I started the game all over again in master mode and I've spent another like 50-60 hours in that so that is that that is definitely and because of that I bought Skyrim. So, you know, sure. like like that game convinced me that if a game is good enough and interesting enough and fun enough, you can spend hundreds of hours in it. Another oh, yeah, game I that I have because like unlike Lucas, you did um Breath of the Wild and Skyrim opposite, right? Cuz Lucas, you did Skyrim before Breath of the Wild, didn't you? Yeah, right. I did Skyrim right after college and Breath of the Wild only came out like 2 or 3 years yeah, ago. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, like, I never had an interest in any of the, um, you know, Elder Scroll games because, 
you know, like I said, who has time to spend 100 hours in a game? And then after I spend 100 hours in Breath of the Wild, I said, you know what? Maybe Skyrim might be a game for me. And it hasn't and it sunk its, its, its hooks in me quite as much as Breath of the Wild, but it certainly, uh, um, it, like, it certainly opened my eyes to that type of just open world, go anywhere, do anything, huge amounts of everything gaming experience. So, sure. Um, it converted me. Um, and my runner-up is another game that I've spent a lot of hours in that every time I play it, it's different depending on who I play it with. But my runner-up for Game of the Decade is Minecraft. Um, my kids my, my kids, my kids wanted it from Two playing it up. on their... You know, uh, my kids played it on their cousin's computer and got really hooked on it. Um, Santa installed it on our Wii U for Christmas <laughs> a few years, and the kids got hooked on it, and I never had any interest in it. Um, I played it with them a few times and couldn't really get into it, and it was actually Steve who uh, who made me realize just how much you can do in it. And like so, any good you know, cult leader. Yeah, I, on, on the, well, I am from Utah, Eugene. That's kind of our thing here. <laughs> Brother Stephen of the Church of Perpetual Blocks. <laughs> so That's yeah, more between, accurate than you know. Be, between Steve <laughs> and Lucas and, you know, our our former co host Mike and, and all the all the hours we spent playing that on Wii U and then when it came out on the Switch, the the first game I played on my Switch was Minecraft because Steve said, here, I will buy it for you and just so you can play it with us. I said, well, I ever got it on the Wii U. No, you need it on the Switch. All right. So he got it for me on the Switch, and I started playing on that, and then, you know, they upgraded it on the Switch, and I started playing on that, and then we got a realm, and I built now, a mansion in the realm, and it's, it's just... I'll stop playing the game for months on end, but the moment I jump back into it again, I'm hooked. Now, I'm going to segue off of you, Justin, because, as is no surprise to anybody, um, I posed this question in both the Infendo Discord proper, as it were, and I also posted this in my personal Discord that I use for my stream, um, this exact same question, so thank you, Minus, for bringing this to us tonight. Um, but I actually answered this very question with Minecraft. It was in beta, effectively, from 2009 to 2011, and it was released formally, as we know it, by Mojang, or Mojang, or however the hell you say their name. I don't know. <laughs> I only play their game. In 2011. So it does Steve, count as a game for you don't, this decade. You don't have to prove this to I us. I do only have complete, to justify only that. A complete, only a complete dipwad would ever argue against yes. you on this and so those complete let it go and those complete dipwads are on twitter and they're blocked because i'm not surrounding myself with toxic people this year that being said minecraft is the game i keep coming back to on the switch version alone i've logged well i'm probably closing in on 600 hours between the two versions um and that's just on switch that's not counting ps vita ps3 ps4 wii u 3ds iPhone, and now I own it on PC as well because I had to do that to get the realm under my name. Thank you for making it so easy, Mojang. Um, so yeah, no surprise to anyone, Minecraft is my game of the decade. It's the runner-up that gets kind of tricky for me because there are two games that come to mind 
again, two games that are not going to surprise anyone that has ever listened to an episode <laughs> of Infendo Radio. <laughs> the first one has to be Shovel Knight. It was my game of the year in 2014, 2016, 2017, and it was a contender for game of the year in 2019. I never made a formal decision. Um, the other contender for me is Hyrule Warriors because that game has been my game since I started the job I'm working and I'm very excited to finally be able to complete that live on stream in January. I was going to say, if not February. There's going to be a there's going to be a stream coming up of that, I feel. Yes. You know what I would argue though about Hyrule Warriors and why I don't mm. think it deserves what Minecraft gets from you? Um, and I've been wanting to kind of write an article on this, so maybe mm. that'll go up on Infendo in 5 years when I write something. Um, <laughs> There's a big difference Visit Infendo.com for our occasional articles. <laughs> There's a big difference, in my opinion, between a game that is just fun and a game that creates an addicting experience. And I think Hyrule sure. Warriors is definitely one of those addicting experience games. You mm -hmm. know, like it's it's fun on its own. Don't get me wrong. Right. But there's a big difference between the fun that Eugene and Justin get out of it and the addiction <laughs> that fuels your and my desire to play the game. And I think both are valid as a means of gameplay. But one is definitely more pure than the other. Right. So I'm happy that Hyrule Warriors didn't win this one because I don't no. think it really deserves it, it, even though it's a really good game. It never stood a chance for a game of the decade for me, but I would be remiss to not mention it with as many times as it's come up on this very podcast. Sure. <clears throat> so, yeah, so there we go. Um, I'm not sure who wants to go next. Well, Eugene, it's either you or me. Do you have a preference? I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you don't have one off uh, ready to go. I think I do. Well, um, in the interest of not having the game of the decade that we talked about last being Breath of the Wild, why don't you go first so then I can talk about other games? <laughs> well, my my game of the decade is Dark Souls. actually definitely well, Dark Souls didn't come out this decade. That came out in 2009. Oh. Like Minecraft. Wow. <laughs> Beta does not count because that is not official release. Thank you, Justin. So I um, I had to think real hard about this one. And it struck me that really the my game of the decade, if I really think about it, is Pokemon Go. Um, because, I can see that. Yeah, because Pokemon Go has... I mean, there's been a lot of games that have come and go um, in this last decade. There's a lot of phone games that I've tried that I have uninstalled, but Pokemon Go has been consistent. And um, there's something to be said about that. I don't want to look at my transaction history on Pokemon Go, <laughs> oh, but, no, but it's a don't. free game, and I can guarantee you that I spent near on 100 bucks on this game, you know, just because I like mm -hmm. it so much, you know? So... Um, yeah, um, I would. I Steve, would you are relieved of all the criticism I have given you about Hyrule Warriors. Oh, Eugene, so you are my new target. <laughs> well, see, okay, so and that gets into that gets into even another level, and I mean this, I mean this in a gentle way because I'm going to use the word predatory, but I don't mean like full on negative there. Right. That is that is a game that builds on both an addiction to playing the game and the predatory nature of making it n not always accessible to be able to play the game without right. either putting more money in or going out and spending a bunch of things. Nothing against the game. I think it's a great game, and I think it's one of the shining examples of how to do a mobile game right. But all mobile games, by their definition, in my opinion, are predatory because they do have those in-app purchases. So, Except Again, for not, Super Mario Run, which had a yeah. one-time charge of ten dollars which unlocked everything 
Yeah. Sure. Again, neither neither here nor there. Just saying, you know, different games do things differently, mm-hmm. and Pokemon Go is definitely a game that plays on that. Gotta catch them all. Oh yeah, D- don't get me wrong. Like I totally see all of the predatory mobile. But it's and fun. Oh. But exactly. <laughs> well, and like, since I, they I, revamped, I'm having like, a good time with this game, man. Yeah. Like a really good time. And since they revamped the game with, like, gifts and friends and all that, it's not nearly as bad. Like, I stopped playing the game because I ran out of Pokeballs and probably never would have picked it up again if it weren't for gifts. You know, you guys were sending me gifts. The gifts had Pokeballs. Mm -hmm. I'd get to catch more Pokemon, and I got something out of it. And, of course, now that I'm getting out of the house and hitting Pokestops myself, I have a never-ending supply of Pokeballs. I throw out more Pokeballs than I use. And the Pokeball Plus helped with that, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, but yeah, if I guess if I had to come up with a runner-up, um, I'm probably going to cheat because now I'm going to have two. So the only other games that I can think of of this last decade that really stuck with me, like really stuck with me, the first one is going to be Mass Effect 2 because that game, in my opinion, gameplay-wise, is nearly perfect. Like, don't, you know, uh, I guess you can say, another thing can be said about maybe the story and the way that Mass Effect 3 ended the overall campaign, but Mass Effect 2, like, from a pure gameplay perspective, like, like, pretty much perfect. So I loved the hell out of that game. The other game that I would have to put on the my runner-up list, it would be Telltale's The Walking Dead. Um, because this game came at a time where you know honestly adventure games were kind of dead you know and now there's a whole cottage industry that basically sprung up overnight in the indie scene because of the walking dead games and um the 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 story that the walking dead um game (laughs) has um portrayed honestly in my opinion is better than the The story of the show yeah it it really is so i was I was so hooked on that game when it came out, or when I got to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that, that swayed me, the only thing that made me like, okay, you know, whatever, is when I realized that my choices didn't really matter as much as I wanted them to. Like, you're kind of you're kind of funneled into one ending, for sure. So, like, I, I loved it for what it was, but I, I do wish that, you know, my choices made more of an impact. Like there were multiple endings and stuff. I Something agree. Like that would have been. Yeah. But I, I didn't really know that was what I was getting into. That's not. That's not Telltale's fault. That's just me not understanding how Telltale games work. You know. So. Yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. Like once you because that and that's another thing, right? That was maybe the first game that I bought that was like episodic. You know. So that kind of introduced me to almost like the games as a service type of thing that we're that pretty much every game is now. You know, like so. Once I got to the episode five and it's like, okay, we've been building up and building up and building up to this. Episode five maybe was a little bit of a disappointment, but the journey mm. to get there was, I yeah. felt, was incredible. Incredible. Oh, yeah. I would agree. So, yeah, um, those would be my two runner-up games. Um, I think I talked about those more than I talked about my um, game of the decade, but hey, there you go. Uh, what you got for me, Lucas? <clears throat> well, I'm afraid I'm going to do that, which is why I'm going to start with my runner-up game, which for <laughs> me is also a Zelda title, but is Skyward Sword, yeah. um, which I believe also came out in 2011. Unless yes. I thought it was 12, but no. it's within the decade, so... It was right around yep. one, of those, one was, of those points. It was 2011, By the way, for the that sake... was the year I worked at GameStop, also the same year Skyrim came out. For the sake of, of you know, the discussion, we're treating the decade like everybody else's and right. ending it <laughs> yeah. with 19, even yeah, though technically it's not. 2010 to 2019. <laughs> 
like a human. Um, so, so yeah, no, Skyward Sword is, to me, like, the pinnacle of both video games as a storytelling medium and what I want to see Zelda games strive to be. Um, I've always really liked Zelda. Like, as far back as Ocarina of Time when I was a kid, like, you know, Zelda games have been something kind of special to me. But, um... I don't think I really had a deep appreciation for them as, like, you know, a, a storytelling medium right up until <clears throat> Skyward Sword hit. Before that, you know, like, Twilight Princess and me never really got along that well. It was good, but it was one of those things that I played and it was done. And it was like, that was a neat story. Mm -hmm. um, Wind Waker, I really liked, but again, it, it never really went, like, full on into, like, you know, a lot of plot and character development and stuff. Skyward Sword just hit all the right notes for me. So, um... Yeah, that, that continues to kind of be the the game that I hold all Zelda games accountable to when sure. I'm, like, judging them, even going back to, like, the older games and the 2D ones and stuff. Um, nothing else has really ever crossed that threshold, with the exception of Ocarina of Time being a very close second, if you count, you know, Ocarina and Majora as, like, one complete experience. But, um, so yeah, Skyward Sword is a big one for me. But the game that I think deserves most of my praise this decade is um monster hunter and i can't pick just one because it's kind i was of just wondering an ongoing if one experience. of y'all was gonna go monster hunter yeah um monster hunter was kind of my game of the decade Do you without have a like unequivocally one? no i see that's what i'm saying it's very hard to pick because i started playing tri ultimate on the wii and i didn't get much into it then if, if um, i had to guess it would be between four, four ultimate and generations for you yeah well then four and four ultimate and generations and generations ultimate and all that happened and um no it's just over the course of those years i mean monster hunter was the game that got me playing online games <clears throat> Um, Monster Hunter was the game that made my connection with Mike, which in turn led to me doing Infendo. Mm -hmm. um, Monster Hunter was kind of a bonding experience I had with Steve, and I think was a big part of kind of getting Steve out of his gaming bubble mm -hmm. as well and into, like, online games. Um, the hours and hours and hours that I spent playing the last one with um, Phantom and so Steve. So I'm pretty sure, Lucas, remember when I had Tennis Elbow? I'm pretty sure that was because of Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter? Like, we... Like, like, like I don't I'm know not if you guys... Joking. Wait. No, wait. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, so like, I, motion I stopped... controls in Monster no, Hunter? No, but from sitting like this... When you're holding your game like this... Oh, for, like, for two yeah. to six hours at a time? Like, I don't know... I don't know if you guys appreciate how much Mike and I did in the beginning with... Mon like, Monster Hunter was the thing that went on in the background when we were sitting there talking. Right. So we would call each other, like, almost every night, and we would talk until four in the morning... And we would just play Monster Hunter every every single night. And then I did the same thing with Steve and with Phantom for the longest time. Um, it was why I dipped so heavily, like emotionally, when Monster Hunter. Um, oh, what's the what's the one, World. Steve? World. When Monster Hunter World came out, because um, you know it we was like we don't speak that name. It was it was like having a it's on game. game pass. It was like having a game that you you know that that's a more than just a game is like a, a significant part of your life at that point kind of taken from you so to speak so sure. so like now now we're kind of in this limbo where i don't know if monster hunter will be coming back to like nintendo and i if it does i don't know to what degree of quality it will be coming back but like you know if if we got monster hunter 5 
coming to Switch in a few days, like, I'd be picking that up, you know, day one immediately. Like, I'd be getting pre-bought. It's and, just, you know, it, every... is, it is it is not just a game for me at this point. It is, like, no, a full-on experience. Yeah, and, and it, everybody else's love of Monster Hunter. Like, if you guys still played Monster Hunter the way you used to, I definitely yeah. would have jumped on one of these 50% mm-hmm. off sales before As now. Soon- as soon as a new one gets announced... We'll like, be back in the old one until I've, the new I've one tried, comes out, I have I've no tr- doubt. I've tried to get into Dauntless. Um, I, I haven't really been able to dive in for a number of reasons. We'll see if that changes. But I think Monster Hunter is Monster Hunter. I think it's its own thing. Um, I just, like, it's it's an important game to me. It, it, it's definitely a defining game of my 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it represents the relationship that I had with Mike... The relationship that I have with some of my friends and just kind of like a, a core chunk of my personality. Sure. So it's um it's a big one. <laughs> well a lot of those Monster Hunter etiquette rules that you and Mike taught me mm-hmm. have just become general gaming etiquette rules for yeah. me. In yeah, any really online was. game I play, whether it's Splatoon or Minecraft or you know, Rocket League or whatever I'm playing, there are just certain things that you abide by when you're playing online games and that comes from my you know, Monster Hunter days. Yeah. There aren't a lot of games that you can either badmouth or, like, praise where I'll get really emotionally invested. You know, we've had our Breath of the Wild moments, and those are definitely important to me because I have very strong opinions about that franchise and, you know, open-world games in general and stuff. But short of that, I think Monster Hunter is the only game that, like, you know, if, if you start, like, picking it apart and telling me why it sucks and telling me why, you know, the one that came out on World, or, or the World version is so much better because it has all these quality of life improvements, I'm going to get, like, genuinely upset because, you, you know, have gotten genuinely upset before. Yeah, because, because it's, again, it's, it's, and, and this is, this is all on me, obviously, you know, the game is just a game, but for me, it's so much more than that, mm-hmm. so, like, for, for better or worse, it, it's something that I've put a lot of I guess my soul into. That's I would hope it that it's so high it, up. in the, it, you know, that's the thing though, right? If world ever were to come to switch, it would probably have to be like a switch pro or something like that. And by then, it, I mean, would you, do you think you would still enjoy it? Either, like, it, if it, it, came? it well, it would either be a switch pro or a heavily compromised version. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if the, the bad taste is too heavy. Um, I've heard there's a lot of changes mm-hmm. to it, but I think they're basically just like minimal things, like oh, you don't have to sharpen your weapons anymore or whatever. The, but the I also that, kind of oh, ahead, feel sorry. like I would miss that. No, basically just you know, there's I, it's like when they changed Majora's Mask. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I listen, Will I like it? I listen to this podcast called Eight Four Play, and sometimes they have this guy. Actually, I think he is like a he. You know, he follows in Fendo. Actually, his name's Gaijin Hunter. I think he's like a you know big in the Monster yeah. Hunter community. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He, um, he says the kind of the same things as you guys have, especially at the start when Monster Hunter Worlds came out. But in his, if going by his experience, this is the Monster Hunter that he has put the most hours into at this point. So, like you know, I could see it. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it would it would be an experimentation. It would be you know like. Like any time a game radically changes its formula and threatens to like you know turn a series on its head, there's a chance I'll like it. There's a chance I won't, and I don't think I would really know until I get a chance to try it for myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean there's definitely some bad blood between me and that game because it does also kind of feel like the game where Capcom just said like screw you Nintendo, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And 
yeah, for whatever reason, they went that direction, and that's kind of where we are now. So I don't know if we'll get a proper Monster Hunter on the Switch that's not just a port of a you know DS game. But... I'm still waiting for a port of the Disney Afternoon Collection. Seriously, I, I think Monster Capcom Hunter is, is, in a, is that 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 world game is in a was in a weird position, right? Because that came out like in a period where the Switch was not really a thing yet, so like maybe Capcom couldn't quite have planned for it. Well, and then and they... Monster Hunter was such an Nintendo yeah. franchise at that point. Yeah. And now it's like it's all but dropped off the face, for sure. you know? Like, yeah, it's so weird, yeah. but yeah, that's a I mean that's a good pick. I think I don't think anybody would disagree with you that Monster Hunter has been highly influential, you know, just in games in general. At least you for know, me. So. Well, Monster Hunter is basically the reason that you're on Infendo. It's the reason. It's one of the reasons I came to meet you guys. Mm-hmm. Had you not played Monster Hunter, I wouldn't be sitting here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's focus on the good sides, please. <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, how about one of the good sides being that we've all wrapped up that question and we can move on to the end of the show. That we can. Um, it is time to end our as slightly as shorter Nintendo <laughs> radio. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit shorter than it was this um, the the last couple of months rather, but um, you know. And it'll get shorter as we get into the new groove too. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, when we don't have two discussion topics. <laughs> sure, yeah. but uh, it, it was a good show. I think I think it's gonna be a, a good look for Infendo. So hopefully you all like it as well. But before we get out of here, we're gonna tell you where you can find um, you know what we're all doing outside of Infendo. So Lucas, where can the people find you? Oh my god, where can the people find me these days? Um, can't find me on Twitter, because I killed that. Cause, oh my god, I'm so sick of social media. Um, you can find me on my website, which is chromatichue.com. Um, you can also go to my YouTube channel. My username on there is just LucasPeace. Nice and simple, first name, middle name. Um, I would actually really encourage you to go to my YouTube channel. I think that's where a lot of Lucasing is going to happen in 2019. Um, I have been working on my game, I just haven't been streaming it lately because I've been wanting to get actual work done instead of, you know, talking to a camera, so. But I'm sure I'll be posting more streams up there as I move along. Um, as I announced, this is the year that I finish my Chromatic U game, so. Come July, I want to have it all done and start learning the process of trying to get it onto, you know, Steam and wherever else I can make it happen. The eShop? Join me on that journey. Getting a game, Getting a game on the Nintendo eShop is like my personal like bucket list so yes if i have if i have any say over it it will be on the eShop at some point it'll but happen that, we'll figure it out yeah that Nintendo just requires me to us they make announcements I believe, on <laughs> I believe that you can submit html5 games to the eShop, and i have an html5 exporter for my thing that's specifically built for that kind of stuff so i think i can make it happen um well hey five nights and freddy's was built in the same engine as the game i made and that's on the eShop. so there's got to be a way so yeah we'll make it happen but first i have to finish making the game so join me in that quest and many other things on my youtube channel and whatnot yes um justin where can the people find you and what you are making it and Uh, yes, the thing that that I was making and doing and fizzled out on. Um, I still have utilidork.com. It's still about Disney World. I still plan on doing stuff with it, but it's been a year since I made that post saying I was going to do something with it. Um, So, um, you know, just, just... 
follow at Utilidork on Twitter, um, U-T-I-L-I-D-O-R-K. It's all about Disney World and my opinions on Disney. Um, and, you know, when I got something to announce about the site, I'll announce it there. But it's not dead, so there's that. Um, and if you don't care about Disney or Disney World and you only care about um, uh, distractions that are waving across screens randomly that's okay mine i've got one too mine is lego watch the live show at twitch.tv <laughs> radio to see the chaos <laughs> it is an r-wing versus bat-wing battle apparently um no if you don't care about my disney opinions and you just want my video game opinions which can be controversial at times apparently um <laughs> uh go to at infendo justin on twitter <laughs> Um, well, I guess that leaves you, Steve, and what you are doing and playing and making, and just tell the people where they can find you. So 2020, as it's been told in my Discord, is the year of Steve. This is where Steve really comes out of his shell. Um, so head over to Twitter, at Gentas1, J-E-N-T-A-S, and then the number one. Um, you can find a link to my Discord and my Twitch channel there. That's where everything's going to be happening for me this year. Twitch.tv slash Gentis, at Gentis1 on Twitter. Um, once this construction is done, which I'm hoping by the end of January, fingers crossed, the boss is very angry that construction is not going as fast as she wants it to. So fingers crossed, it should be done, at least my room, by the end of January. Um, I have to clean all the crap out of my room and then I can start doing stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, so I will be starting some streams. I am working on the Hyrule Warriors story, so I can stream the end of that. I do have a lot of plans um, for when that room is done. So, nice. find me there. My Discord is growing, and the, the fun thing for me is it's not just the, you know, a group of the Infendo people, it's a group of the Infendo people from the Infendo Discord, and it's a group of people that I know in real life that are all coming together to form their own little community around me, and that's a really cool feeling. I like when shit's yeah. about me. <laughs> Part of those plans, by the way, yes. include Steve's and I's, Steven and I's new podcast, Steven's and I. Yeah, Hyper <laughs> Voice, which is a Pokemon podcast that we're going to be working on. Uh -huh. um, we are not shot our first episode for that yet because, in part, Steve doesn't have a room, so we're going to be working <laughs> on that in the next couple weeks, I guess. But um, if you want to know more about that, I guess the best place to go is the Infendo Discord because, yep. you know, we are all Infendo at the end of the day. We are one, yeah. we are legion. So and there will, there will be a special channel for that podcast that will pop up in the Infendo Discord when we so will it. Join us there. We will make an announcement when it goes live, and I'm sure we should probably get that Twitter handle if we can get it. So we that. <coughs> we'll look into all that after the fact. Anyway, keep tuned because we want to do something with that. <coughs> you well, broke me. You can find me and everything I'm doing. It's basically just Infendo.com. That's where I'd like you to go. Um, you can get to our Discord from there, the Infendo Discord. You can get to Steve's Discord from the Infendo.com. Uh, you can do all the Wait, things. Wait, is it there? I, yeah, it's a link. Nice. I didn't realize. I need to go find that. Yeah, it's, it's under the community tab. Just click. It says, it says you. your name, Steve. Click it. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can do all the things. So just make sure you go to Infendo.com and smile. keep up with all we are doing 
And that's it. So we will see y'all for the second show of 2020. Um, thank you for joining us on our New Year's Day podcast. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye-bye!